Today's beautiful gospel reading, telling the story of the Annunciation by the angel Gabriel to Mary, that she will be the mother of God's son, is so familiar to us that it can almost sort of roll over us. We know the story. And too, if you Google Annunciation, there have been hundreds of paintings made over the centuries of this scene often of Mary at home, often doing some sort of housework, usually with a vase of lilies near her, symbolising purity. The angel Gabriel, as you can see in this one, is there in the scene, uh, sometimes hovering in the air, sometimes at a window looking in, uh, sometimes in the house with Mary. But there's always a distance between them as a heavenly being encounters a very human being, an ordinary young Jewish woman, probably just in her early teens. But there is an aspect of this story, as told by Luke, which I have never seen pictured. There are the images of the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary, they abound, and likewise images of Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem. Uh, via donkey transport, uh, with, of course, no donkey in the biblical uh, account, but, of course, uh, we like to put it in, uh, of Mary and Joseph in the manger scene. Of course, they all abound. But what happens between that moment of the angelic announcement and that moment of Mary going into labor? Gabriel announces that God's spirit will do something. But we never see that something being done. We only see the consequence in due course, the birth of Mary's child. And so between the promise and the realization, there's a discreet biblical silence. It's a bit of a surprise in Luke's gospel, really, as you might think that St. Luke, who was reputed to be a physician, might have had a go at explaining how it all happened satisfying our 21st century curiosity. But actually, St. Luke gives us just one clue and only one word. And the word in Greek is episkiazo, and it's a verb which means to overshadow, to overshadow. Mary protests to Gabriel that it's impossible for her to conceive in her womb and bear a son since she is a virgin. And then Gabriel's response to Mary is so familiar to us that we hardly notice perhaps the shock of it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now the word for power is dunamis, from which we get our word dynamite. So the power of God will come upon Mary like dynamite. No wonder the angel tells Mary not to be afraid. The biblical text makes no attempt to say any more than that about what being overshadowed by God might look like and feel like to Mary. Artists have tried a hundred ways of depicting the Holy Spirit visiting Mary, sometimes as a dove or sometimes a sort of a ray of light reaching across to her from the angel. 
But the awe of being overshadowed by God is apparently indescribable. But Luke does give us just one more clue about what that awesomeness of being overshadowed might have been like. And it's actually several chapters later on, for he uses the very same word in chapter 9 of his gospel in the account of the transfiguration of Jesus on top of a mountain. While Jesus appears in glory conversing with Moses and Elijah, dear old Simon Peter is prattling on to Jesus about how nice it would be to build some tents for Jesus, Moses and Elijah to hold on to that experience. But suddenly the divine cloud of God's presence overshadows them all and they were very afraid. Same word, overshadows. So perhaps our image of Mary as acquiescent, passive even, submissive to the will of God, needs to be seen more in the light of Mary's courage and her willingness, even through fear and foreboding about the future, to respond, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And of course, those words of Mary need to be heard alongside the faithful and powerful words of the Magnificat that we've already sung this morning. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord. Mary's song where she praises the God who puts down the mighty from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. And then, of course, Mary's courageous words of faith need to be put alongside her courageous action as she steps out on that journey to visit her cousin Elizabeth in the south and to support her in her equally miraculous pregnancy. Both women were needing courage for an unexpected and unknown future. Both would need faith and courage to cope in due time with their son's very unconventional lifestyles and ministries. John the Baptist out in the wilderness, Jesus' wandering ministry in Galilee. And both women in due course will face the untimely deaths of their sons. John the Baptist by beheading, and of course Mary will be there with Jesus at the foot of the cross. I came across a poem recently written about Mary, and it speaks of the implications of Mary saying yes to God. Yes, I will be the mother of your son. And it is simply called Implications. A divorce, a stoning, a broken betrothal, shame, rejection, family life fractured, scandal, division, broken hearts and troubled minds, all these and more, the possible implications in the wake of Mary's yes. Is this what favour with God looks like? Could we too say the Mighty One has done great things? Would we be able to magnify the Lord? How will we respond when our calling comes in the face of myriad implications? Mary unreservedly, willingly, quietly consented to birth the one who would later say, take up your cross and follow me.
can we respond with such incredible grace? And I want to end with a Christmas Eve blessing. You are here, what a wonder, robed in the everyday majesty of a newborn, so beautiful, so soft, so new, perfect in the terrifying fragility that thrills every parent. Watch his head, look at those tiny fingernails. God become human, blinking at strange new surroundings, all wisdom and power poured into smallness, that knows hunger and gravity and unseeing urgency for your mother's skin. And Mary, so newly parted from you, turns her thoughts back to that impossible angelic visitation that promised you would come. And she knew somehow, staring at your eyelashes, that you were a great reversal here to put all things right. Amen.